Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Today, we're continuing in our series, Kingdom Principles, and leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you. I'm glad to be here again. Uh, our next lesson in our Kingdom Principles series is the principle of stewardship, and our text is found in Matthew 25, 14 through 23. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. First Corinthians 4 and 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And for those of you that are listening, I did not finish that discourse on Matthew 25 because we're not talking about the one who did not invest in anything but buried his talent. Sure. We're going to only talk about those that did invest and they turned around. And I say invest, that's a word that we'll use, but I, I'll hopefully be a little bit more clear on that, that the five talent people and the two talent people are what we're focusing on today. So our focus thought is that God requires, number one, as stewards, we need to be faithful. So therefore, a good steward will acknowledge that he or she is in a position of one of service and not of ownership. Kind of goes along a little bit with what we talked about in our last lesson, but we're going to talk about more um, uh, investment, not only in finances, but time as well. So we need to be good stewards. Uh, much could be said about what we experienced in 2008 with regards to the market crashing and the different bailouts. And, and uh, we could talk about all the different uh, crooks, as it were, that took advantage of all oh, that. Yeah, We're not going to talk about Madoff and all that junk. Um, we want to talk about the principle of stewardship uh, as a Christian, it's all-encompassing. Um, a man named Randy Alcorn wrote in a book that he wrote, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. He said, stewardship is not a subcategory of the Christian life. Stewardship is the Christian life. After all, what is stewardship except that God has entrusted to us life, time, talents, money, possessions, family, and his grace. And so, Steve, if there is a blessing in a faithful stewardship, which we know and believe according to the word, yes. 
Then there's also apparel and poor stewardship. Success in resource management becomes a hindrance to progress in God when a person fails to obey the word, they follow their own principles, and they use their own plans. But when they follow his principles, his word, his plan, they can't help but be blessed, and their resources will be blessed as well. Do you know the number one thing, as a pastor, I, I do a lot of marital counseling, or premarital counseling, I should say. Do you know the number one thing, and it has been for over decades, the biggest problem against young couples is finances. Yeah, it's definitely money. Yeah, because it's... Because you don't have any. <laughs> well, it's the bringing of two together, and you've got to... You know, you got to submarine your own yeah. spending processes and for the greater good of the couple. Yeah, when your husband finds out you're going to Starbucks twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yes, or that, or yeah. other things. And let's be fair, so, because you're going to get in trouble with a lot of the ladies yeah, out there. You could also, so. yeah, um, that feels like that may have been something in your household, but I'm not, I'm well, going to I don't it. know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be, um, anything you know men and women both have this issue and so but it's definitely about aligning your financial goals aligning your financial uh, uh course as it were and making sure obviously we want to tell them you know if you can get your finances right uh you're going to be okay yep. you're going to love each other obviously um, but if you can get your finances, it takes, if you can get it right, it takes away undue pressure upon a relationship, it especially does. of a young one. So, uh, but we're not talking about that per se. We're talking about the role of a steward and how that we should act as stewards of all the things that God has given us. Stewardship is an individual's role and responsibility in managing his life and property regarding the rights of others. In biblical times, this involved managing personal and business affairs for others. So, Steve, a biblical steward served others by helping and or leading others' affairs towards prosperity. So it's not just for yourself. It's for others as well. Now, again, we're not talking about servanthood. We've already talked about that. Sure. But we're talking about as we manage another's affairs, as it were, uh, in servanthood, we also need to see the applications and examples that God established the idea of a stewardship in our own personal lives. So in other words, before we can actually be a strong blessing to someone else, we've got to make sure that that our own life is, is in order and it, it's going according to the fundamental idea of proper investment. Um, let me talk about this. The Hebrew patriarch Abraham entrusted his possessions and his household to a man named Eleazar. He called him the steward of my house, Genesis 15 and 2, 24, 2 through 4. As a servant in Egypt, Joseph was a steward in Potiphar's house, Genesis 39, 4. Mm -hmm. David placed among his most inf influential in his kingdom. He called them the stewards over all the substance and possession of the king and of his sons. He called them brethren, according to 1 Chronicles 28. One and two. Paul acknowledged that we are stewards of the mysteries of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1 and 27. So in other words, God dispensed to us special responsibilities, which makes us stewards in specific duties relative to proclaiming God's grace to others. 
There's also a New Testament believer's role and expectation. I don't want to spend too long in this, but the believer needs to become excited about helping someone also to succeed. I mean, that's pretty clear because to be a good steward, if you can manage your finances properly, God, you ready, expects for us to be a giver. We are not to be a, a receiver only, but we become a, an open channel. As we receive in the left hand, we give in the right hand. Yep. And we're blessed in that way. So why am I talking about stewardship in this way first? I want us to know that that is the final offering. God wants to bless others through you by your giving. And of course, you'll be blessed. So we're not meant to be a closed channel and, and be a, a, uh, uh, a depository of blessing. We turn around and we give it to others. Yep. The Lord himself demonstrated that attitude by descending into his creation as a servant rather than a ruler. And we talked about that. Paul wrote that Jesus made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2 and 7. So, and all of this, this is what we're supposed to do. That's why this, this uh, thing that we just talked about with regards to uh, servanthood and stewardship goes kind of hand in glove. Yep. And so uh, Jesus talked about it. I'm not going to get into it. But he, Jesus made stewardship a priority in his parables. He talked about the parable of the unjust steward in Luke 16, 1 and 10. He talked about the parable of the talents according to Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Then he talked about the parable of the pounds in Luke 19, 10 through 27. And in each parable, the owner expected individuals to profit, profitably manage his goods, monies, and his business affairs. Success or failure hinged on the wise use of the available resources and funds. Fearful of taking risks, those servants who, again, in our text, put the one into the ground, (coughs) God called them wicked and slothful. Mm. And he didn't venture anything to try to save them in the wrath that was to come. So God considers good stewardship to include taking sometimes a calculated stepping out of faith in order so that we can gain the best possible increase into our blessing or into our business. Now, and, and, and we're not talking about gambling, and we're not talking about the stock market. Thank you. We're not talking about, you know, a, a, a bank note. No, absolutely not. And I, I thank you for that clarification in what I'm trying to say. That's exactly what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about making a gamble and a, a risk in that regard. Uh, with regards to the scope of servanthood, stewardship could be that thing, as we said, hand in glove, that it's a stepping out of faith. It's a trusting in God in the process um, that's why it's important. Number one, let me just go to this part. It's not in what we're talking about, but that's why it's important that we need to be faithful givers into our, into our churches. Yes. Tithes and offerings, by the way. Two things. Yes, and so we give our 10%, our first 10%, by the way. We give that so that God can bless us. It's amazing. We give our first 10, but he gives the rest, the 90% back to us. <clears throat> that's a deal in every place I've ever known. So 
So there are expectations in stewardship, and maybe what I'm saying will be a little bit more uh, illuminating to you and I. There are three parables, as I referenced, that talked about the expectations and how they should be. Number one, they need to be wise. A successful steward should exercise wisdom by establishing goals, correct choices, and implementing timely decisions. Even Christ in his ministry reflected the thinking of a planned steward. In John chapter 9 and 4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. He recognized the need to capitalize on the investment that, that he had in his life. So to meet the requirements of wise stewardship, we got to understand what the requirements are. So a wise steward should recognize in planning a clearly defined task is the first steps towards the successful completion of a task. Some call me OCD. I have a plan on what I do every day. <laughs> I recognize the difference when I just go through the day, and at the end of the day, when I don't have a plan, that's precisely what happened. Yep. Nothing. What did I do today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that feeling. <clears throat> no, not at all. But, but when we're planned and when we're not OCD, although I, I am OCD, when you plan at the end of the day, you can say, ah, I got that done, I got that done, and I got that done. And that is a, a day well spent. Well, and I think a, a side benefit there, too, is when you plan, you're intentional. And when you're intentional. I love that word. That's when things really become something special. And for people who listen to this and say, hey, that's good advice. I don't, I don't need God to do any of that. You know, just imagine how much better it is, right. though, Right. When you're aligned with his will and you're fulfilling his will. Right, 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 right. you you got to figure God into everything. You absolutely have to because he's already in it. You just may not know it yet. And I have to say this, and uh, let me give a personal example. Sure. When my wife and I were looking for homes, I, I have a pastor. I believe that we all need to be submitted to someone because sure. if we don't, no matter how long, no matter if I'm a senior pastor, I have a pastor. And uh, we asked him to come with us on our final two homes that we settled on. And we wanted the man of God to be in that decision-making. Now, he didn't tell me that, no, you shouldn't do this. Or, you know, he didn't have any impact. But I wanted God to be figured into the decision-making. Sure. And he represents God in my life. And so I said, Pastor, what do you think? And he would tell me his thoughts. And I'd say, can we pray? And and we would pray right in that home that we were looking at. And uh, long story short, the house that we did find, he said, I think it's a great one. We felt it was great. And when he said that, and he had been praying and fasting for and with us about the proper decision, sure. Uh, in the end, we just paid for that house 15 years later. And it's not given us any ounce of problems I'm knocking hard on wood right now. Uh, And I believe bottom line is because we figured God in the process. To me, I think that's good stewardship. And some call it insurance. Some call it insurance and and all of that. I call it assurance. There you go. And I I think God should be a part of our process. So please don't call your pastor and say, should I get this ugly Oh, no, no. This green and purple couch, and just don't bother him. 
uh, about that. But when you're making a big life decision on your investment, which is your life, yep. right, you need to figure God into it. So you got to be wise, yep. all right? Uh, Luke 12 and 42 said, the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? So the second thing that we need to do is that we have to give an account. As stewards, we have to give an account. The Bible shows that the master will one day call for the accounting of his resources. We've been giving a life. We only have but one life, What'd so soon it will it? pass. Yeah, what That's did right. You do? The Bible says that our lives are as a vapor. We're like a blade of grass. It's here today, gone tomorrow, and it's the truth. And in the parable of the talents, the inspection day came, and the, for those who received the talents, and, and we know in Matthew 18, 23 through 24, the Bible says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now that word reckon, now I know that's big in the South. Well, I reckon. I reckon. It's an accounting term. It's rendered, and it means to take account which further on Webster says it means to compare receipts, expenditures, and balance. So in this lesson or this parable, when he opened the books, the master discovered that one servant owed him an incalculable debt, which could neither be hidden or satisfied by the servant. And pertaining to the calling of that believer as a steward in the kingdom of God, Paul warned us, in Romans 14 and 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And so this, from this statement and from this parable, we can derive several things. Number one, there is certainly going to be a reckoning yes. with regards to what God has given us. Two, there is a lordship, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he is the only one from which he can render a just judgment. Three, and final, the responsibility of each person should be to give an account of himself to God. So thus, everyone will have to give an account of their character, of their deeds, of their attitude, their work, and their investment financially, emotionally, mentally, physically that we performed on Christ's behalf or not. Well, you said it early on. You said God keeps good books. Yes, sir. No one, no one keeps books just for the sake of keeping them. Right. Why would why why do you have a check register? Does anybody have a check register anymore? I don't know. It's, it's but I mean right. But why why do you keep any records if you're not going to refer to them to track and to hold accountable something? Right. So you have to assume that. that I mean, on Judgment Day, you're going to stand there, and you're going to have exactly to right. you're going to have to spill it. Right, right. And that leads me to my last one, number three. You must be trustworthy, and you got to be faithful. As I've read already in First Corinthians four and two. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Fidelity or faithfulness to a duty is the most absolute biblical requisite in a steward, and it's a prerequisite to blessing. In other words, in the Bible, it reminds us that God rewards us with a riches, with, with a blessing and with true riches based on a, on a proven trustworthiness in lesser things. He said, if you're, you, you're a proper steward in these smaller things, I'll make you a ruler over many. 
get a promotion. Right, exactly. Uh, I would like to go into more, but I think that I will end this podcast on this because I want to talk about the next podcast or part two of this about the accountability of stewards and uh, discuss that kind of thing. And I think that that is, is more apropos. And then if we have time, we can hit the penalty for poor stewardship. Mm-hmm. And we can give you three biblical examples on that. But that's all I have today, Steve. Well, that's all the time we have for this study today. I, I pray that this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please send this podcast to a friend, share a link on social media, like our Point of Hope Facebook page, or even better, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you like and enable notifications so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you, Pastor, for leading us today, and thank you all for listening.